I think you are totally off base on that. I completely disagree. You make a good point. You know what? I agree. Hey everybody, I'm Jesse. And I'm Billy. And this is DD and D Dice, Dice Drinks, Drinks and, and Discourse. Discourse. How you doing, Jesse? Well, actually, before we before we get to that, how about we uh, go ahead and introduce the extra three voices in the room, who you'll be sure to hear. Soon. This is super special. I'm very excited about this. Please, please, please welcome the General Failure Podcast. We've got What's up? that's us. Yeah. Hey everyone, we got Dom, CJ, and TJ. Uh, welcome, guys. Thank you so much for coming. Hey, thanks yeah, for having thank us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Jesse, we were you... on their uh, pod we were on their podcast last week and or two weeks ago, and we thought it was only fitting for them to come on to ours and actually get to experience what we do as well. Hell yeah, yeah. I love it. Yeah, so get ready for a lot of us as I try to explain <laughs> uh, things. Oh yeah, no, that's how it goes. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's, we've it's, been there. It's, it's might as well be our catchphrase. Uh, <laughs> Just change your name to the uh podcast. Uh, oh yes, definitely. Uh, cast. D D U and D. I, I def <laughs> I wanna clarify something because last week I said something on air and I stumbled my way through it. There and I got some text messages about it. I was explaining that there are three smells to whiskey, where if you have a whiskey glass, you get the top smell, the medium uh the body smell and the uh base smell. And what you have to do for that is you actually have to sniff the top rim of the glass or the area around that. Then there's the center and the middle, which is the body, and then the bottom. I didn't explain where the top, middle, and bottom smells were, so I just wanted to say that without <laughs> getting any us in there. I did it. I'm proud of myself. Good work. That was great. Yeah. And that's a wrap on the episode. That's all we needed. Yes. <laughs> yep, that's, 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 thanks for being here, guys. This <laughs> corrections with uh, DD and D. Yes. But wait, I want to talk about beer for like an hour now. Oh, <laughs> no. And all the I different mean, if you smells want to talk about beer. If you want to talk about beer, that's that's good. But I'll get I him started. He's a hipster. <laughs> <laughs> oh, are you an IPA person? Or oh, just... no. Fuck IPAs. No. <laughs> Hell I'm yeah. I'm just, an, I'm just a beer person in general. Yeah. I do homebrewing okay. and stuff, so um, I, 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 I know beer. <laughs> I, I do have to agree with CJ's uh, whole ex idea of fuck IPAs, because they're disgusting. Uh, <laughs> what about, are you a fan of the new uh, Spike Seltzer trend? I, I've had them. I think they're very interesting, but I also feel like only one or two companies have actually done it well. I recommend mm. High Noon. Uh, yeah, I hear a lot of good stuff about High Noon. Yeah. Huh. I'm, a, I'm a White yeah. Claw guy because I'm a, I'm a basic bitch, white. but that's yeah. just how it goes. Yeah. White Claw that, is good. That claw. There's a, cu a couple others that I've had that are good. Um, I think Bud Light might have made their own. I have Bud Light Seltzer. Yeah, they have their own. Yeah, right. <laughs> I've heard the Bud Light one isn't that great, but yeah. I, I as as a uh, fermentation person, like I do appreciate that the fact that like the spiked seltzers aren't actually like spiked; they're actually there's a fermentation Fermented. process mm. behind it um, to make them alcoholic, and I think that that yeah. was really cool. I like that. Yeah, but yeah. Like so that. it's not just like seltzer with vodka stuffed in it. Because <laughs> honestly, that's what I thought it was to begin that's, with. Like that. Well, that's what other yeah. things like Mike's Hard Lemonade yeah. and, and like mm -hmm. the, the Hard Iced Teas. That's all it is. Is just that drink plus vodka. Yeah, no, I, I would never a big fan of that. My preferred uh, seltzer mixer was with sake because I had that in Japan sake. and I could just it just tastes like seltzer. It's so good for like keeping it mellow and huh. like, I barely even notice it's there unless I like make it half sake and it's yeah. just spectacular. And do it you just, do yes? Yeah. Do you do warm sake but, or cold? 
I usually do cold. Um, okay. I'm a fan of cold. I have had warm. It's pretty good. Um, but yeah. I just prefer cold because then I can just mi mm. mix it up with uh, the seltzer more easily. And then I can just do three pint glasses. And I'm like, all right, here we go. Time to party. Uh, I was is, in uh, warm, warm, warm sake, sake, like warm salad. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much, yeah. It's yeah, hot, it's salad. hot salad. <laughs> yeah. It's a hot salad of the drink universe. <laughs> I was in Texas a few years ago, and we were at this bar who did, uh, they called them sake bombs, and technically they were. Um, it was a, a it was a shot of half sake and half stoli vanilla vodka, and they dropped it into a blue moon. And let me tell you, this is the most delicious drink I've ever had. I had 15 of them wow. to the point where I was like, I fell into a tree and like my hand was all cut up and I fell asleep at a Mexican restaurant. Like it was oh a good gosh. time. Holy shit. I got to try that. Yeah, it was That's so good. I, like. I think that I think that brings uh, segues into nicely into what our drink of the week is. All right. Dude. So, yeah. So. In front of each of us is either a mocktail or a cocktail to base, uh, based on our personal preference. Uh, it is called the Green Lemonade, which is the mocktail version of it. And then our version, uh, the cocktail version, the special DD&D version, is a Chultian Spirit Lantern. Ooh, I like that yeah. name. That's really cool. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's nice a... So Chult is a location in the Forgotten Realms. It's an island off of the Swords Coast. And in their edition, Tomb of Annihilation, a campaign mm -hmm. and story for D&D 5th edition, there is an item you can get called a Ghost Lantern. So I changed it to Spirit Lantern, added the Chultian in the beginning, because it has a kind of ectoplasm look to it. Mm, yeah. Uh, yeah, mine came out really green compared to yeah, Tom's. Yours looks like fucking ecto cooler. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. I, th I think the tequila uh... is less, makes it less so. Yeah. Yeah, see, I, yeah. I, I think I finally, this is probably my most accurate to uh, Jesse's example that I've gotten so far. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yes, my the one that I have currently in front of me is a very rushed version that I've been doing while we've been talking. But I'm sure it will taste just as good. How about we, uh, we give, it a, give it a shot because I haven't tasted yeah. it yet. So cheers, cheers everyone. everyone. Cheers. I don't think I did it right. <laughs> <laughs> I would agree. This looks oh a little bit God. more brown compared to... Ooh. This Did you really not good. peel the uh, kiwi? Me? Yeah. Yeah, that's why it's all brown. Oh, <laughs> oh wow, yes. <laughs> yeah, that, that definitely would explain it. Yeah, that's a very brown drink there. It's like very pumpkin-y. Uh, oh, yes. Yeah. You've outdone I yourself messed this up. One. This one is uh, spectacular, Jesse. I think this is uh, really good. Yeah. Thank and you. I have the mocktail, and it's actually, I thought it would be way too sugary because it's simple syrup, it's lemonade, limeade. I thought it'd be way too much for me. It's I actually thought so too. really nice. Good. Like, yeah, I don't have the alcohol, and it's actually, I would drink this on a daily. Mm -hmm. it, it doesn't taste Well, it doesn't I'm have very that happy you like it. Yeah, it doesn't have that like, saccharine taste to it that's like we need to have too much of it, and none of them are, it's really well balanced. I don't know. I'd love this. Yeah. 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 Like, A plus. This is good. Yeah. So green lemonade you can find online. It's uh, not a common mocktail, but it is um, it is rated a high one. And then all you have to do for a Chaltian Spirit Lantern is add two shots of tequila. So yeah, it's it, out there. And you it, can have it. it. Go for the it. Tequila mix as well. I don't feel uh, like death when I try to drink it regularly. <laughs> um, yeah, we, we slowly but surely have been finding every alcohol that either works with Billy or does not work hey, with Billy you know what? I, I the said, time frame. I said before I went recording, I, I do like tequila. I don't know why because it's awful, but it's it's just <laughs> something about it. Just It hurts me good. So 
I'm, it hurts uh, you good. I'm a fan. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have a great. Yeah. I don't have a great segue. I think you know. I, I don't. It's just a good drink. I mean, I, I love it. Yeah. I. It, it's a very nice drink. I'm very. The first time I had it, I was like, "Oh damn, this is gonna be on my regular list," mm. and I am definitely going to be. Uh, I actually found a book. So what you guys might not know is that we do a weekly newsletter and the weekly newsletter has our cocktail recipe in it for the week oh cool and i and i put a lot of work into them uh and the when you get it you'll notice that there are all these arcane symbols and such and i've just found a new source for a bunch more arcane symbols to kind of make it look more potiony and everything like that so the cheltian spirit lantern is definitely going to add to that flavor Nice. Yeah, but I'm excited to share this with uh, my roommates later when I get back to uh, from work. It'll be a good time. Yeah. Excited. Now, who's it's got he- kiwi, kiwi and who's got a lime on there? I have a lime wedge. Mm. I have a lime as well. I had extra kiwi, so I, I just put the, the last slice on. My extra stuff is upstairs, so I have nothing <laughs> at the moment. Like I said, very rushed. What kind of, what kind of host is that, Jesse? Come on. Step it up. I know. I'm like... <laughs> You know, when you have a job and then you have to rush home to do your podcast. Job never be... heard of it. Been there. Oh, yeah. Here, here we go. I, I've, got a, I've got a lime wedge for the top of my drink. <laughs> <laughs> a nice little um, lime seltzer chaser. For, my beer. for those of you now who are Now if you can pour them in your mouth together, let's see you do it. Yeah. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> Where's your lime sel- Tell your kid to bring in the beer funnel. Start down my shit. Get the beer funnel, son. <laughs> We're doing shotguns. <laughs> I love the idea of like just it's not not a code word, but just like get the beer funnel being like a regular utterance. Get, get the beer like he knows that's exactly what we, where it is. That's exactly that's what, what we like, call uh, uh, family alcoholism. <laughs> Hell yeah! Yeah, when the two-year-old knows where the beer funnel is, you have a problem. <laughs> oh, We're a very God. smart two-year-old. Oh, very, oh, yeah. That's probably the better maybe version not. of that. Maybe not. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like what you tell the cops. Exactly. <laughs> but look how smart he was. He knew exactly where the beer funnel was. <laughs> they watched all the movies and just knew where it was. <laughs> what are you doing? Uh, no, I'm not going to. Nah, <laughs> no, officer. He had no idea the combination of the gun safe. He just got lucky. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> Jesse, why don't you save me and uh Yeah. So this week <laughs> we're gonna uh so last week we were making Pathfinder character. This week I thought it would be only fitting since we have these wonderful guests on to actually talk about RPG stories and actually just share some of our favorite moments that we have had playing RPGs, whether that be D and D, Pathfinder, Blades in the Dark, uh Paranoia, any of those, any all in between maybe if it's even an rpg video game that you just have a moment where whether it was an online multiplayer uh, mmo or whatever it was if that rpg moment was great for you we want to hear it and so yeah yeah because the the core of rpgs is really just a creative a collaborative creative effort and sometimes these just the the brain trust of you know four or five people in a room together stuck for several hours gaming could just end up producing some of the most wacky ridiculous situations and you know i think i can speak for both jesse and i would say we just love hearing about that and i think uh yeah we want to just basically have a 
conversation about that. I think that'd be uh, nice. Cool. So if you guys want an example, I can start off. Billy can start off. Or if you guys have one that instantly popped into one of your heads. Oh, oh I've, I've I've got one already. <laughs> that, oh. that involves TJ. Oh no! Nice. Ooh, ooh, please, well, please, yeah. please tell. So so this harkens back to our, uh, I would say our very first like D and D experience, um, playing 4E with our our friend Cliff, and. Um, Oh, so good. So, <laughs> our 4E aside, our friend Cliff is very good at what he does. He He's very animated, very flamboyant, very just – he gets into it. He gets into the story, and he just gets into into his roles and what he's doing. And, um, you know, it was a really good session and everything. There was We had, like, a whole, like, ship thing where like, we got in the ship, and we had to run around to the different places of the ship and, like – do stuff that you know uh i don't know ship stuff uh <laughs> pulling no, how ships work <laughs> you, know, ship stuff. you know ship stuff like you have to go gang planks and deck. yeah yeah you'd, a, yeah you'd be an excellent captain <laughs> <laughs> go do some ship stuff or something man, but anyway. do the ship stuff <laughs> man do the ship stuff but anyway um we get we get to like this village or something and, and i remember I, I remember exactly but tj's character gets uh injured somehow so like we call over this like local healer oh, that like r- rips that. open rips open his character's shirt and starts like he's like he takes this salve and he starts rubbing it <laughs> into his chest and it was oh just like gosh. very was just like we're like is is that okay is that okay? Should <laughs> should we stop this? Like, should he be touching him like that? And the, like the shaman's like just getting so into just like rubbing the south into his chest and whatnot. Or our, our friend Cliff just like he fucking sells it. And it was just it's so good. And that that That's memory great. is just implanted in my head. And I don't remember anything else like the ship stuff, but. Or I, I do remember well, forty. You clearly don't remember the yeah. ship stuff. The ship stuff is the ship stuff, and yeah. it belongs over there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it belongs over there with forty and and the garbage that, that is. <laughs> but it gave you a good story, which is which is really what it's about. Oh god, I actually have that one brought me to brought to mind one I have on a ship. I'll I'll quickly cut in here where if you get enough nerds in a D and D room, we could do some wacky stuff. We were trying to steal some something I forgot. I think it was like. They were trying to build a gate, like an dim- interdimensional gate. Uh, this is my Pathfinder game. And so we had to stop this ship and steal something in the, in the, the hull. <laughs> we, had, we had the wizard teleport the druid up into the air as high as they could. He wild-shaped into an earth elemental. We flew down, and he, and he dropped down to like basically break through as many uh, layers as he could. And we're like, wait, hold on. What's the actual, like, what's terminal velocity? How much impact? Oh how, how much force would this impact be? And we had to stop the game, went online, and calculated the the impact force of a like ten ton Earth elemental falling from a few thousand feet, and we it was something like six or six and a half megatons of force. Oh my god! <laughs> I, I might be wrong, but the point was we're just like, yeah, okay, you went, you barely even made it through. You barely even kept yourself from going straight through into the ocean. It was like. This is what D and D is about. Yeah. That's uh, like, it's like peasant canon. I was about to say that's peasant. Yeah, that's peasant <laughs> canon math right there. I, I have a similar story. S- it's a similar story. I this was in my first campaign, um, 
and one of the tests that they had was a cave where there was a waterfall that went directly through and you had to get through the waterfall to get to the other side and one of the players decided I'm going to transform myself into a frog because they can swim and then jump through and the waterfall expelled itself into a Kuotoa village and it was about I don't know a 4,000 foot drop <laughs> so they just jump into the waterfall fail on any form of deck save as a frog and then are just plummeted with the waterfall all the way down to the ground and then it was just like that thing where you don't have enough dice to roll <laughs> yep mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you gotta whip out the phone to do all yeah. the math yeah 100 that d6 four, yeah 400 d6 <laughs> right there <laughs> Oh, God. Uh, I've, I've had some good ones as players and also as DMs because I think the best is when players figure out ways to go through puzzles yeah. or something like that that mm-hmm. really just, like, completely blindsides you. Like, I had one mm-hmm. where, oh, yeah. um, where it was a jail cell kind of layout, and they had to find a lever to get into the next room in one of the jail cells. And I put traps in the jails and stuff. I'm, I'm putting really cool traps, like rolling barrels of fire and, like, ice cannons and stuff. I didn't think about Mage Hand and how they could just sit on the edge and then Mage Hand in there and, like, try to activate anything first. Uh, so the guy's like, yeah. oh, I'll just mage hand my hand in there. Does anything happen? I'm like, yeah, it does. The fire shoots out. You don't hit anything. God damn. It's <laughs> <laughs> like those where it's it's funny for me just because I didn't think of mage hand at all or any spell. I was just thinking, oh, they'll go in there. They'll get hit. They'll try to dodge. It'll be fun. Oh, and yeah. then just How- like sidestepping something completely. It was just like, it's fun. Even as a DM, I made all that stuff. It's still funny as hell. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, how do you, as a DM, make your dungeons? Because you were saying, like, you were throwing all these traps in there. Did you take inspiration from anything, or did you just, like, really throw it in? Um, With that one, it was kind of like a one-to-two shot. So I started gotcha. – I just found tiles on – because I'm using Roll20 right now for mm-hmm. all our DMing stuff. Um, I just found tiles that were already made on Roll20, and I kind of were just like, oh, this is a jail cell. All right, what could they find in, the j- in a jail that would – work really well there's traps okay i'll just fill it with traps and i found like a trap thing uh pictures that i could add in for layers and stuff like that and i kind of built it from there um it's been just pretty much um how i build stuff is usually uh from podcasts like critical role or adventure zone Mm -hmm. stuff like that um and learn ideas from there uh rpgs i've played or games i've played myself Mm -hmm. so one thing that i would I would recommend and uh, Billy we're gonna be uh, when everything frees up and we're actually able to do this again Max is already on board for this so Uh get ready Um, one thing that I recommend for the three of you to do is do an escape room together Oh and then translate that into a D &D, uh, one shot or two shot because I was in Barcelona and I with three random almost strangers three people who I met at my hostel we all did an escape room together that was a like medieval setting and then the next day I was like all right I'm going to translate this into a D&D 
setting where all the traps are the same and everything and they just have to go the players have to go through the escape room in a D format that's really cool yeah, I was, that sounds I, real that sounds like <laughs> i've never done an escape room before so i would i know i gotta use that stuff. i gotta get these guys i I, I am like an escape room aficionado. <laughs> I'm, oh, I'm obsessed with this. With you before though. Yes, um, I'm obsessed. Oh no, you have. Yeah, Dom, yeah, Dom I and have. I have it. We did a large group for a uh, for a bachelor party um, or nice. birthday. Party. I remember. It doesn't matter. Something like mm. that. Uh, but like I've done, I've done quite a few, especially like both sides of um, of escape rooms where it's like in like a. I would say I don't want to say like European because obviously you went to Barcelona and stuff, but like um, hmm. a lot more escape rooms now are very much uh, like very themed. Like it's like all oh, the alchemists' mm-hmm. escape room mm-hmm. or the right. zombie outbreak, you know, kind of thing. But um, the very first place I went to was um, it wasn't that far from here, somewhere in Connecticut. I don't remember exactly, but um, the dude was like very like talking to us a lot about like the escape rooms they have there because there really isn't a theme like it's really mm-hmm. all about the puzzles mm-hmm. and for me which is interesting it's like as a as a D player like an rpg player i like the role playing a lot more than the mechanics but when it comes to the escape rooms like i love puzzles like and i love figuring that shit out so like when we got in there it's basically like puzzles and locks and stuff like that apparently it's a very like um more like norwegian thing like those areas okay it's just straight up like locks to to figure out and just puzzles there's no themes whatsoever um and it's super interesting but like uh this like small group of friends that like we go to these escape rooms with we are we have a really good uh escape percentage and the worst experience i've ever had was with random people and i'll never do Mm. it again Mm. Wow, I I can't. We it was just like we have a system, you know. It's like you yeah. get in there. Every dead like puzzle piece has a place in the corner, away from everything else. We have stuff written down, and like these people kept moving shit around on us, and like Ooh. we're like, oh, go check out this thing, and and we try not to take over. Like we didn't want to be those people that come in and be like, you're gonna do it our way, exactly like that. But like, right you know they they didn't want anything to do with it i was like we're never we're, we're booking an entire room next time like we're never <laughs> letting random people fuck that yeah i've only ever but. done one escape room and it was with some random people when i was at a convention and it was really fun we didn't we didn't escape we were we actually skipped a puzzle we went right over one and we just forgot the one before it that would actually let us finish and so we we're just struggling oh. with that and it really sucks we're like oh we know exactly what is the final puzzle but then we have to get back um i was thinking about uh, RPGs. I usually just improv a lot of my traps uh, because I haven't been able to. I don't know. It just a lot of the time I get caught off guard if they go if the players go to a place that I'm not expecting them to. For example, they went into this dungeon. Um, this is my 12 person campaign. There was a lot of memes involved. This one was not a very serious campaign, and they went to the tomb of Rob E. Rotten. And I ended up like I didn't realize they were gonna go there that quickly, so I'm like, uh, I don't have enough time to pair. Uh, so I made the entire dungeon based off of the We Are Number One video, and so they had an iron golem running around a tree, and they had to somehow stop him from moving. And there was that, there was just a net that was hidden somewhere in the room, and I'm like, okay, all right, that works. Um, um, all right, there's an apple. They have to find the apple and eat it, and and then that's oh no, the, the, my favorite one was the room that was just a hallway, and then there were pressure plates all across the ground. And every five feet, 
you'd depress the pressure plate and a banana peel would come flying at them and they had to intentionally fail the deck save and they all had to fall at once on the yeah. banana peel before the door would open <laughs> and just they they started summoning people That's like all right smart. it was great it's like i had like they had to go through this whole thing where they're like wait wait hold on <laughs> what if we and then they all just they ended up pulling it up on their phones to try and study it's like okay how do i how do we get inside billy's head and it was it was a lot of fun despite just being completely out of my ass <laughs> Yeah, I'm that type of person that TJ was talking about where uh, I don't, like, do the puzzles. I try and get my way around the puzzles. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I don't remember if TJ was our DM this or if he was playing with us, but um, we had one person in our group. His name was Brian, and he was playing, like, a, a mafia character, and he had a little sidekick named Little Carmine who was, like, this little, like, <laughs> tiny, like, two-foot-tall Brooklyn imp or whatever, oh, and he it. had, like, you know, a zoot suit and a top hat, or not a top hat, but a fedora and everything, and he talked like a mobster, and um, he could die, but he could, you know, after, I don't remember how much time it was, an hour or something like that, he could use the spell again and, and cast Little Carmine again to help us out, mm. and I used to uh, use Little Carmine as my, like, guinea pig for everything, <laughs> so... We were in a room, and there's two portals to go through. One is the correct portal, and the other one would kill our characters if we went through it. And I'm sure that there was a way to figure out uh, which portal was correct and which wasn't. But instead, I tied a rope around little Carmine, and I just tossed him into one of the portals. <laughs> and he just exploded. And I was like, well, that's not the right portal. Let's go through the other one. I, 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 I had to have the game. He uh, he summoned little Carmine again, and he came back and he was like, "Hey guys, what up? What happened?" And, and I was like, "You got my rope." <laughs> <laughs> that happened to me. We was um, when I played uh, Tomb of Horrors with some friends in Pathfinder. We I, I think was... this was Tomb of Horrors, Dom. Oh, was it? <laughs> oh, yeah. it probably was. Yeah. Oh, okay. okay. So I was playing an alchemist, and my whole thing was like having simulacra, where I could just jump into their body and walk around, and if it died, I would just pop back to my body. And we had a necromancer who specialized in summoning skeletons. And so we're like, all right, we have a whole army of guinea pigs plus me in case we need to do something for real. And <laughs> it was like, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna pull myself into this this gaping mouth of this demon statue. Let's see what you know what happens. And my DM was just like, okay, so you start pu pushing your legs in first, and you quickly notice you don't really feel your legs anymore. Do you want to keep going? I'm like, I think I know what you're talking about. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> And that was the sphere of annihilation. I <laughs> just dropped my legs into. Oh it was great. yeah, that's like in the oh beginning. Of oh yeah, no, that was the, that was the. Well, we actually had a death like immediately on the toxic spikes, but it's okay because we had the, the clerics just like, nope, not anymore. Well, <laughs> speaking of the uh, two portal thing, uh, that reminded me of a meme I saw that I just wanted to share because it's completely related. Of like the doors, one that always tells a lie, one that always tells the truth. Mm. Uh, and it's like the wizard goes up and asks the door a question and he can't figure it out. And the barbarian goes up and just punches one until he dies and just says, is it dead? Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. That's Makes pretty good. So good. Uh, I, um, um, oh, God. Uh, so I, I played a game where um, it was a puzzle room almost. And in the center was a pedestal that had uh, places for keys. And on the walls were, I think, uh, five large um, mirrors that filled up the whole walls. And if a character touched them, they got sucked through. Mm -hmm. And they appeared in a room that was almost identical, except there were... Um, so there was five people in the group, and whoever didn't get pulled through there were evil versions of them. And the key was on the other side of the room. And they'd Ooh. grab the key and come back in. 
uh, into cool. the center room. And when that character got sucked into that kind of wacky room, a evil version of them came out and they tried to destroy the pillar in the middle. So you had to, Ooh. and you couldn't have more than one person through the, through the, the mirror at a time. Mm. So it was kind of like having to, it was a crazy puzzle and trying to draw it out was a freaking nightmare. Just <laughs> I bet. Uh, did but the it was, mirror person have to? Uh, did the mirror person's movement mirror the players? No, they it com- it worked completely differently. So like the gotcha. the mirror person had to try to attack the the pedestal in the middle, and the non mirror person had to grab the key in the mirrored room, and then try to make their way back. And they you had to do that five times for the five keys that were missing in the the center. It was nice. really cool. Like uh, I'm probably doing really a horrible cool. job explaining it, but <laughs> nah, it's, it's, I've got an image it. in my head. Yeah, Definitely. it's a really it's a really cool idea, and I've used it before as well. And it's it just works really well. It makes you really stand on your toes as a player, just because you know when the first person gets sucked through, you're like, holy shit, who's this person that looks almost identical? Mm-hmm. And they start just hacking and slashing the center pedestal. You're like, what the fuck's going on? <laughs> well, I was going to say that. What are you doing, man? <laughs> Stop it. Speaking of uh, like creative solutions, back when we were talking about uh, player solutions as a DM, I made the, it wasn't a mistake in, in retrospect, but of giving my, play, my, ten, my 12 person party a deck of many things. And oh, let me tell no. you, the amount of bullshit they did with that deck no. was to That's rival dangerous. the gods. They had it's to. Always s- chaos. They were trying to. Uh, they were trying to infiltrate a magic academy, and they were stopped at the door by a single guard. And he asked to see their IDs, and the fighter was like, "Oh, our IDs are in this case here." He's like, "What? Oh, okay." And he oh. takes one from the card. He gets ruined. He just not not ruined. Sorry, he gets the he gets the one that isn't void, but also teleports you, dropping all your stuff, and he just disappears. Yeah. So oh like, all right, we broke, and then we broke it. <laughs> That is genius to use it that way. But the, my favorite wish. Oh yeah, no. Well, oh, that yeah. so the next time they used it was when they split the party because there were twelve of them, so it made a little more sense. But they went to two separate boss encounters. I had built four twelve people, oh. so they had so the half that had the deck went to fight like this super powered pit fiend, and I was just like, okay, this is kind of getting brutal because every round I was just bringing one of them down, the other one, you know, one of the clerics would bring them up, but then you know back and forth, back and forth. But they finally, like, were able to put him into a corner, and he was on, like, four or five hit points left. The fighter, they still thought that he could, like, he wasn't dying, so the fighter, like, stanced up, rolled Intimidate, and pulled out the deck and goes, what is the number of your god? And it's just, I don't know, something about that that energy of just, like, hold the deck out for him to, to pull. He said, my god is number one, and he grabbed a single card, and he got fucking void. And it was insane. Oh just instant. I'm like, you know what? I'll give that one to you because you, you found a creative Instant way out of that. But then the yeah. last one was in the final fight against this evil uh, undead warlock trying to resurrect his god. <laughs> they, <clears throat> excuse me. He had the fighter who was a paladin too at this point used his influence in his local church to like bully four clerics to following them into the final battle. And he said, "All right, your job is to heal us, and every turn one of you has to pull a card from this deck until oh, we oh get the wish." <laughs> and I was using it so like every, instead of it, you lose the card, it re- it would regenerate into the deck because I thought that'd be more fun. And they kept pulling <laughs> until they got wish, <laughs> until they got wishes from the moon card, and I'm just like, oh. That's oh boy, how do I how do I NPC this so I don't? Yeah. It, it was a lot of fun. I I love the deck of many That's things, good. and I think 
it's not for everyone, but it's so oh, it's so yeah. good. Yeah. Um, going back to to earlier, um, I, I thought of something about when you talk about escape rooms, uh, especially like D and D related, RPG related. I'm not sure. Have any of you? Have either of you been to Gen Con? Yes. Okay. So Gen Gen Con, have you done True Dungeon? I have not. No. Okay. So for anyone who doesn't know what True Dungeon is, it's basically or what Gen Con is. Gen Con is this huge board game convention out in Indianapolis, um, basically started by Gary Gygax. Mm-hmm. Um, if you like D and D or Pathfinder or board games, it is the place to go. It is fantastic. I've been. Uh, a couple times and I love it uh, but they do this thing called True Dungeon out there which is basically a escape room uh, RPG so so normally if you go into an escape room it's a room you go into one room you get locked in with a bunch of puzzles or maybe you'll get lucky and it'll send you into a second room who knows mm-hmm. True Dungeon is like an like a, like a full course basically so you go from room to room to room with an actual party of people and every person in that party gets to pick a class and everyone has a different class and all those different classes help you do different stuff um or help you out with with stuff in the game like the the bard uh was a memory test where a group of symbols and their names are memorized like they help you like they they basically just get extra stuff for to help you solve the puzzles depending on what your class is Mm. But the cool thing about the game is when you get to the end, you get these item tokens that you can then bring back next year and use during um, oh, that's like, incredible. During the adventure. So you get experience as a person. You get experience that eventually you can use to like level up your character to help you get through. And then you get all these items. And these items are like collectors like they're collectibles at this point people trade them you know with each other because you have a chance to get like ultra rare items and i think you can even like purchase like random packs of like 10 and stuff it's it's insane just like the amount of thought and effort that goes into true dungeon and i actually think they did um and just checking on it i actually think they did a uh, uh a virtual version of it that i have to check out now uh, for 2020 since Gen Con didn't happen. so that sounds... It did happen, technically. Yeah, it had an online version. That, um, True Dungeon sounds like one of the coolest things ever. Yeah, oh, God. True Dungeon sounds incredible. I should have done it last... Uh, we didn't... When my friend and I... Uh, our friend Max that we talked about, went, we, the two of us went last year, and it was so much fun. We, put, we just, like, specifically were like, all right, we're just chilling. We don't have a, a real schedule, but we didn't... We missed a few things like that. That would have been amazing. But, uh, yeah, no, Gen Con's great. I can't recommend it highly enough. Yeah. Oh, I gotta do that have next you guys done, um, speaking of, like, board game convention and stuff, have you guys done PAX Unplugged? Yeah. No, it's it's close I to me, but I want yeah, to. Yeah, I've only yeah. done the digital version that, like, all of the digital events that go along with it, but I haven't gotten to go yet. I'm I feel like PAX next year. Yeah, I feel like PAX East is even still just as good for board games, you know? Yeah, I went no, to, it's, I go it's to like Pax half East. the place is board game stuff. Yeah. It's fantastic. No, it's spectacular. Um, but I do have something else, and, and I was thinking about this. So, um, you know, I've, I've, I've done, you know, I, I, I like DMing a lot, but, like, I definitely love playing as well. Mm. And, um, you know, like, I, I – when I – have been dming like i'm i was still really getting into D and learning the rules and stuff and like i'm not like the most creative person so i really love like 
building on something that's already there so i love using the books and kind of like making it my own um but like when i got into like i dm for so long and i was like you know i just want to play and like i just i just need to play and i got into my friend's campaign who does uh 3.5 and um something i kind of wasn't expecting was holding grudges against Mm. other players in my campaign um i know that feeling very well me too so so i uh the the character I played her name is 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 Berti and she is a shapeshifter that actually I think I explained this on on our podcast I don't remember but she's uh basically like a, a she's a were raven which came from the curse of Strahd she was a character I made for curse of Strahd and I just loved her so much that I wanted to actually like play as her in a campaign so this is the perfect example but I kind of hid the were raven from my party mm. and um. You know, for for any of you that like don't really know, there's several forms to to being aware of something like a werewolf or a were raven, where you can go full raven or you can go halfway in between. That's mm-hmm. you know same thing with werewolf. You can go full wolf or you can be that humanoid kind of wolf. Um, so there was a specific player who kind of got really like. Um, uh, what's the word like not curious but he was just very much he's like I'm you know I'm on to you like I know there's something weird about you kind of thing and and like I kept trying to like push him away and stuff and uh, he just really started pissing me off more and more and more and trying to like get into it to the point where I think I I I like changed into that like hybrid form really quick and like cawed in his face really <laughs> close because he was just pissing me off and like went back and He's trying to tell everybody, like, oh, there's something weird about her. Like, you know, she's a she's a were-raven or something or, or something. He didn't really know. But, like, because he pissed me off so much as a player, I went to my to our DM, and I was like, that's it. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to mess with this guy so much. And um, <laughs> uh, the best thing about this character, though, is that she's an artificer, so she makes the, all these magical items. But because she came from the Curse of Strahd world, a lot of those items are very macabre. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But one of my favorite things was actually a found item. We basically found these um, these skulls uh, in a in a dungeon that we were doing, where the skulls are all connected. I think there was like, I mean, there's a bunch of skulls throughout the dungeon, but they're all connected to each other. They can all see what each other's seeing and 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 talk to each other. And um, I ended up being the artificer like working with them and actually like hacking them and took a bunch of the skulls with me as I was going through the dungeon I was like this is mine this is mine (laughs) and um, because of my connection with the skulls and the spirit they basically said to me like oh we can do whatever you want including haunting somebody's dreams and I'm like oh Oh my god oh can you i was like okay here we go and like you know my dm was like oh this is gonna be great so like basically for like days after days like you're like all right the party's resting and you have horrible terrible nightmares and you're just not getting any good rest at all and just constantly (laughs) over and over and um so there's 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 instances like that where i just kept messing with this dude but uh I don't know. I had a, I had definitely a similar vein. Um, I was playing a druid called Charistus, uh, who was a half like half satyr or full satyr. I don't remember fully, 
but they were very particular about letting nature be and letting people live to their fullest potential. And one of the party members was a lawful evil, um, like lawful evil princess and wanted to do everything by the loss for their gain. And it eventually led to my character faced with the choice to either continue with the party or leave the party. And in terms of me leaving, not only did I not say goodbye, but as a circle of the shepherd, I called all the birds that I possibly could to my to my aid, which I think I got about a hundred seagulls. Oh, nice. uh, and I Rat had, <laughs> well, not only that, but we're talking about Scottish uh, seagulls because that's where the campaign was pretty much set in the similar area. So those are big fucking seagulls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I told them, you need to protect, uh, you need to protect the individuals that the party is going after. So eventually there just came a point where all these seagulls started swooping down at the party uh, just because my character was holding a grudge. <laughs> That's wonderful. <laughs> That's fantastic. I, saying, the, the, I love inter-party like, pranks. I once, my, I, my warlock was like a healer, and I, it was either poison or something that the rogue, we always loved just shitting on the rogue, but just because he was a goofball. And so at one point he was poisoned or something or other, and I forgot. I'm like, all right, here, I'm going to quick text to the DM, like, can I roll a survival check to find as much laxatives as I can in the like <laughs> natural laxatives from the plant? And I gave him that, and I'm like, all right, cool. And then once he was on the toilet, I was just like, all right, uh, here's the real poison. And I gave him another thing of or the real antidote. I gave him another thing of laxatives. <laughs> oh god! It was it was absolutely oh, just just wonderful. Shitting but forever. Yeah, I, I've got to say, I, there's no sorry, go for it. <laughs> No, I was just gonna talk about another. I just love messing with players. Oh yeah, well, that, my my piece de resistance, as it were, is something I like to call Jerry Seinfeld's Pathfinder, where <laughs> this was a, a a couple of sessions where I was playing an interim character, uh, because my original character had died. This is the first Pathfinder, first like full campaign I'd ever really played in for more than a few months. And we were trying to resurrect my character by going on this journey and finding this holy woman to lead us somewhere. And I was playing like a super horny uh, ranger, and in the meantime, because I thought that'd be funny. Um, turns out, so he shows up at a. It, I'm, I'm gonna try to breeze through as much as I can while still pre- maintaining the comic timing of it. But uh, he goes to a, a brothel just because that's what he does, and he gets into like a fight when someone tr- when uh, the girl he's with tries to, to rob him, and he's like, "All right, listen, I don't want any trouble. Just give me my money back." And then they get into a fight. Meanwhile, the wizard is there, and his favorite spell in the game is Unnatural Lust. So right before things got too hairy, he cast Unnatural Lust on her, and then things got, we're fine. Um, oh, my God. The next day, we go to meet the holy woman, and it's like, all right, we're going to go. You know, it's this sweet older cleric lady. Oh, our, my daughter's going to be joining us. It's the stripper from the night before. <laughs> and so yes. she, she keeps trying to get with my character because he's like, oh, God, this is a job now. I have to take this seriously. <laughs> Meanwhile... The rest of the party is noticing that my character had like a, a ranger companion because like that was just where my character the my character had come from, who she was like had a whole bunch of unresolved sexual tension between with my character and was like acting super jealous whenever the the um, the hooker lady was like acting all you know close, and so everyone else was trying to set me up with her, but because I'm personally really bad at picking up signs, it worked really well for the character to also not, and so it all came to a head when. 
the anti-paladin, who's this evil paladin guy, love him, love you, Kyle, um, was trying to convince me to, like, hey, listen, this is a more stable thing. She likes you. Just go for it. Like, stop messing around with this. And he's like, I don't believe you. She's mean to me. This is a lie. Stop it. And I just love the one line I made up, I thought of right at the start was, well, then, if, <laughs> why? <laughs> because he, the anti-paladin had started trying to, like, make moves at her to try to make my character jealous and I'm like hey listen how about you guys go have fun that'll be great and when you're doing it from behind be careful to watch out for the three mile pole stuck up her ass okay oh, Good, goodbye oh, my God. the next oh, night damn. it came to a head my character was on watch the wizard and the wizard the inquisitor and the anti-paladin were all conspiring to get the two of us together I was on watch he cast, the wizard casts a natural lust on my partner. She gets up and immediately rushes my character. I roll a sense motive check and I'm like, it rolled like a natural one. I'm like, oh no, she's trying to attack me. I pull out my knife. She rolls oh, no. a CMB to try and grapple me. Rolls a one, falls into the knife, comes out of the spell. <laughs> Why did you stab me? Why did you rush at me? <laughs> Meanwhile, the Inquisitor is singing Kiss the Girl, trying to set the mood. The Anti-Paladin is trying to not bust a gut laughing. And then Jesus. I kept rolling natural ones for, or, you know, very low rolls for sense motive until finally the DM's just like, Billy, Billy. She's into you. I'm like, all right, fine, we go for it. <laughs> I get it. And so I called those two week sessions Jerry Seinfeld's Pathfinder because oh, it just, just became a sitcom. And I just, uh, I can't, I love it so much. So, uh, as much as I would love to continue talking about stories, um, because we have more people, uh, I think we should quickly go on to our homebrew of the week uh, and talk about that. Uh, just because I know, Billy, you, yes. I came from work, but you have to go to work soon. But I do have and one thing real quick that I yes, would like, if you'll, if you'll indulge me. I remember we talked about in the, in the General, General Failure podcast, uh, CJ, you have some opinions on Paladin. You wanna, I want to hash that out oh. real quick. Oh, yeah. If we can no, do fight, this. fight, fight, fight. Kiss, no, kiss, I, kiss, I, kiss. I love it. No, uh, I mean. No, no, no. My, my, my whole thing is like, uh, I, I'm, I'm very much a stickler for the whole like, uh, what it means to be like lawful something, like mm. lawful good and stuff like that. And a lot of people are like, you know, I want to play like this type of paladin, but like, I don't want to be a lawful good paladin. And mm -hmm. I just hate when, when DMs are like, no, you have to be like, that's the whole point of them being lawful good. I'm like, okay, but like, to me, my laws aren't following, like, being lawful to me isn't strictly like you're following the laws of the lands mm -hmm. like you're following your own laws like you have a set of virtues and that's what you're about and that's my whole thing like like whenever I'm like when people play paladins and stuff it's just like oh you gotta stop doing that crime like I hate <laughs> crime and, and it's like no like if someone's lawful good or they're lawful evil evil it's they have their own set of like laws and virtue that they follow to a team that doesn't have to be like stealing is bad or like murder is bad like mm -hmm. and i just i hate like when that paladins get like shoved into that 
that box, you know. Oh, yeah. I thought I that lawful good was following the law of the land, though. Like lawful evil is more of creating your own moral code and following it. You know, I punish. So her. it can depend. So we could get into a whole conversation <laughs> yeah. about alignments, right. and I think that is a conversation for another day. But I will say, However, it's funny because it's fra- it was framed as you know, fight, fight, fight. I completely agree. I don't think there's yeah. anything I couldn't agree with. It's well. All based on you know your own personal code. So then I guess yeah. you're going to TJ kiss 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 instead. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, my my paladin visited brothels and like murdered a bunch of people because it was the right thing to do comparatively. So you know, yeah, it's fun. I think yeah. it's fifth edition allows you to have more of a leeway with mm-hmm. unlike other editions where maybe it was a little bit more stringent with yeah. having to be lawful with with paladins. It's not really uh, an alignment thing. You can be yeah, whatever yeah. alignment and follow whatever god. Um, so it gives that little leeway, which I, I like yeah. better in 5th edition than the others. I yeah, agree. totally agree. All right, so let's I think we're all, yeah, we're yeah. all on the same page that uh, a character doesn't have to have an alignment, especially like a class doesn't have to be yeah. class specific. A class doesn't mean you have a specific alignment. You can have a chaotic evil paladin you could have a neutral evil paladin you could have a true neutral paladin it doesn't really affect the mm-hmm. class at all it just affects your role-playing style and how you want right. to do it mm-hmm. also you, you don't have roll- to have the pigeonholes like you know the yeah. rogue doesn't have to be a kleptomaniac the board mm-hmm. doesn't have to fuck everything that moves yes <laughs> it <Yeah>. does <laughs> the paladin doesn't have to like you know kill everything that's evil ever like mm-hmm. i I like when we kind of break those molds. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Because characters become more real then. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. How about we move on to well, Humber then? Yes. <laughs> I want to give the spotlight to you guys first. If you have either one, uh, I sent you guys a message saying that you can either have one as a whole for the General Fail Podcast or each individual have one. So let us have it. I yeah. think we each uh, came up with our own stuff. Yeah. 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 I'll go first. Let's I'll go, go first. For it. All right, Don, let's see. So I have... <laughs> The scroll of Yahoo. Oh, so, man. <laughs> this is a scroll that allows you to ask and get an answer for one question per day. Uh, however, when you use it, like a Yahoo answer, you have to roll an insight check to see whether or not that scroll is completely lying to you. <laughs> <laughs> I oh love my that. God. That's amazing. Can you, Brilliant. can you make a scroll for every every browser, please? Can make a scroll of Bing? <laughs> Oh my god! It just oh, gives yeah. you wrong directions all the time. <laughs> just, but is really good at looking for porn. Yep. <laughs> Which is the right way it's to just go? Like, just a picture uh, of boobs. Yeah. Is there like, That's like great. some sort of like scroll of like Internet Explorer where it's like you ask it a question, you get the answer after you already know the answer. Yeah. <laughs> That's perfect. Uh, oh my god! Uh, it's... So I have um, I have a arm I have an item. So it's uh, called Turtle's Defense. It's a plate armor, okay. um, and it's from a giant snapping turtle. Uh, Hell yeah! It's Ooh. filled with waterproof cloth, and uh, while you're wearing this armor, uh, your swim speed equals your walking speed, and as a reaction, uh, you can pull in your arms, legs, and head. <laughs> and you get a plus five to your AC, but your movement speed becomes zero. Uh, I like that. And it takes an, it takes an action to kind of pull all your limbs back out. Um, but it is cursed. Your walking speed is reduced by ten, mm. uh, and you count as one size larger uh, when lifting or magically moving your fat ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like that. That's really I cool. think that's a great. W- yeah, yeah. And the it fact ba- that it, it balanced. Can, 
Yeah. You can uncurse it as well if yeah. you get that spell. So it works. It, yeah. I, I imagine it would I work I would just throw well. this, like, on your frontliner so they can just, like, <laughs> sit in a turtle shell in the middle and be attacked while you're just like, yeah. all right, we'll just sit out here and shoot them. <laughs> I like Perfect. that. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. So mine, mine kind of goes back to um, that that grudge that I was talking about, and especially, like, when I was talking about that character, Birdie, being an artificer, and, like, her whole thing is, like, making these like trinkets that are very like macabre or um just like spooky um like when in curse of Strahd, there's like a whole like book of trinkets in the back and like one of my favorite things that i did was like i dropped one of these trinkets in the party and it's a spyglass when you look through the spyglass it's always like there's always a storm like when you're looking through it, it could be a clear beautiful day outside but when you're looking through there's a storm going on and it was great because like you know, this raven just came and dropped it, and the party was just like, oh, what does this do? And they look through it, and they see, like, the world around them, except in a storm, and they're like, what does it mean? And, like, seriously, it was, like, three sessions of, like, guy, like, it doesn't do anything. It's just a spyglass. <laughs> like, but going back to that grudge, um, uh, I made everybody in my party these, like, uh, 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 these mugs, these wooden flagons, or I guess uh, where it would be. And I, I handed them out to everybody. I was like, oh, you know, like, uh, this is my, my appreciation to you guys for helping me out with something. Here you go. And I, I handed them out to everybody. Um, uh, but, like, nobody used them at the time. And I was hoping for that because when that one character who I hold a grudge against goes to drink from it, whatever he drinks uh, from that turns into blood. Oh, so, my God. Uh, I was oh. – <laughs> I'm just like wait. He still hasn't used it yet, and Ooh. and I'm just uh, I'm just waiting for that. I'm excited. Yeah, <laughs> that wow. sounds spectacular. I love that. The long oh, wow. cons. Yeah, no, the long con. Yeah, it's all yeah. about the long con. Yeah. Oh man, Jesse, you want to go? I do. I do want to do a quick honorable mention of like my my sure. DM. Mm. Um, we're at a place where basically you could buy food vouchers, but the vouchers are what literally turn into food. So we oh. stocked up on sausage vouchers, <laughs> and, and we're just handing them out to people. We're like, I think we had like a stack of sausage and beer vouchers, and we were just like, beer and sausage, beer and sausage. So like wherever, you were doing Oktoberfest. We <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wherever That's we great. went was Oktoberfest. It was great. That's amazing. I love that. All right. Jesse, so, uh, yeah, sure. Um, this is actually, I'm going to, uh, pay tribute to one of the DMs that I've had in the past. Um, it, it's this, uh, this item has come to mind a bit and it's just, it's a great item. Uh, it's the bagpipes of invisibility. Oh, oh my like God. It. I like it. Uh, <laughs> I remember so, this. So technically it isn't magical. Uh, it's just whenever you play the bagpipes, everyone just turns and looks away because they can't stand the sound <laughs> so no one's looking at you they know exactly the general location of where you are but technically no one sees you you are invisible <laughs> and, uh, so, I'm just, so, so he knows who he is he listens to the podcast uh i really just i want to like say thank you for being a dm for me for years and uh, i really appreciate him as a person so that's great <laughs> All right, I'll, hey, Billy, I'll, what about you? I'll let you choose one big one or two smaller ones because I have I have one of the Do other. the big one. All right, I'll do the big one. This was the for the the 12 person campaign which became the second year became a second campaign of 13 people. So much fun. 
Oh my god. Oh god, that gives it, me agita just thinking about it. Oh yeah, no, I, I it, it drove me insane, but it was nothing was more fun. I've never had a, a more fun game, and I, I love each and every one who played in both games. So if any of y'all, well, y'all are listening, thank you guys so much. Um, but it was a continuation of the first campaign where they beat the avatar of the guy, of the guy trying to bring the god back to life. Uh, it's a madness god that I made up. But in the second one, they had to kill the god. He was, he was causing problems. He was trying to lock all the... Basically, this is a world without the divine gate, like in Matt Mercer's world. So he was trying to create one and lock every god in their realm, except for him, and he would just go around eating them all. So they had to find this item called the Xylet Imperium. And why is it called that? I made that up on the spot, uh, and I didn't nice. back down. <laughs> it's a, a magical gauntlet that you could just like wrap up on your arm. Kind of, you know, don't, don't, you know, don't sue me, Marvel, but it's, you don't own, <laughs> you know, gauntlets. Um, where basically it has like slots on it for like glass vials and you have to, the whole quest became, they had to collect all the, it, it, its use was it could eradicate any one creature or being from existence permanently and just, just completely erase their existence. They were going to use this on the God. Uh, it, it, it's just, so we had, had to go around through all the different realms trying to find all the ingredients, like there were bloods of ancient celestials, archdevils, and a demon lord. They had to fi- fight the god of slimes and get some of his slime, uh, get the powdered scales of an ancient dragon of some kind, and find a focus of something that connects them to that being. So they found the guy who they fought in the first campaign, his weapon, so they used that as the focus. And it consumes the soul of the user as tr- sort of tribute. And having to them make that choice of who was going to die to to make to eradicate this madness god and what kind of conditions they had to meet on top of that to increase the dc that was required it's basically like they had to roll a save against it but the more conditions and more hp they took off from the god in the fight uh the higher the dc was so it was it was pretty interesting it it, it basically guided the campaign it Hell, you know, there was a. They made an NPC die, so it wasn't like the the choice really mattered. But you know, um, it's what you do. Hey, so, quick, yeah. hold on to this thing for me, real quick. <laughs> if, you need to, if you need to kill a god, go look at the best part about it. Though they found it at the top floor of a dungeon I made based on a dormitory at my college called Bolt Tower, one of the worst places to live, which is just absolutely <laughs> disgusting, full of just the worst kinds of people. It, vaguely, you can always vaguely hear the Friends theme from my friend's roommate, who would always wake <laughs> up at 4 a.m. to play Friends for some reason. And they had to kill. There's a there's a, a mural on the fourth floor of. A confederate skeleton and i just turned that into a confederate skeleton gunslinger and he was the guardian of the of the weapon so that was a good time it's <sighs> nothing like waking up early in the morning to pivot, pivot. <laughs> well this has been a lot of fun thank you guys so much for Hell coming yeah. on the podcast we really appreciate it yeah thank you so much uh, for coming sharing your thanks stories. for having us yeah thanks yeah. for having us let yeah. people know where to find you guys yeah absolutely Dump. I'll go, you I guess. <laughs> uh, you can get us on... Uh, you can find us on every... <laughs> uh, you can check out our website at genfailcast.com. Uh, we are on iTunes. We are on Spotify, mainly. Um, and you can check out our YouTube channel. Uh, you can take a look at our Facebook and Instagram we got going. Uh, and uh, find us on Don't Twitch, fr- where we have been doing a lot more streaming since the pandemic hit, because we are indoors, and it gives us a good opportunity to uh, yep. to stream. Hell yeah. And uh, you can also find us on (laughs) on Grindr. We have our group account on (laughs) Grindr. All three of us. One account. 
And oh, it's yeah. what totem pulled naked yeah. on top yep. of each other. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. And my wife manages it, of course, because. Jesse, yeah, write this down, write this down, write this down. Yeah, so uh, yeah. same thing for here. DD and D. You can find us on Spotify and iTunes. Uh, Google can Don't burn forget, in hell. we have a Patreon account. A Patreon account as well if you want to throw a few bucks our way. But uh, yeah, that's pretty yeah. much us. Uh, feel free All to right, leave a thank re- you guys so much for listening. Uh, thank you guys once again for being here, and we will see you next time. All right, bye-bye. bye bye. Bye. Bye.